Hi guys, it's Aspen here, and you're listening to Can I Just Say Something? I'm officially a little bit psycho. I'm... It's Christmas Eve. It's currently 11.09pm, and I'm recording. Because I went to a dinner. It's an, It was hosted by an Italian family. It was my sister's boyfriend's family. And they had a lot of food that I really wasn't expecting. I had so much to eat during the orders, charcuterie. And then we had dinner and it was crab pasta, mussels, clams, uh, butternut squash lasagna, salad. I was like, oh, meatballs. What the fuck? And bread. Huh? I... I literally stuffed my face because it was at one o'clock, so I just like rolled out of bed and went. So I literally stuffed my face during the order of period because I just rolled out of bed. Anyway, also crazy. Oh, so I asked. So I got an espresso shot. I drank an espresso shot around four o'clock, and I am no longer a coffee drinker, so I'm not really immune to caffeine anymore when I drink it during that time. But I was like, I have so much to do when when we get home. I have to make a salad for 20 people for tomorrow. I have to get in a workout because I feel like this food is like a brick in my stomach and I wanted to be able to walk. So, and I wanted to draft up this episode and I did. Now I'm recording. Yeah, so I am recording now because I took an espresso shot around 4 or 5 p.m. Which I would be fine if I were drinking coffee regularly, which I'm not. Also crazy news. Maybe not to you, but for me, my family. My oldest sister, she's the only one in a relationship. She's the only one that even has a boyfriend. But he proposed at this dinner thing in front of both of our families. And it was so surprising. None of us knew what was going on. None of us were expecting it. My sister was more surprised than us, I think. He did a really good job at surprising her. She was like, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be this spring, maybe. But anyway, so I'm kind of buzzing. I'm really excited. It makes me more excited for Christmas tomorrow because everybody on my mom's extended side of the family is going to find out. Super long intro. I don't even know if I'm going to keep it because it's so long and I hate long intros. But anyway, I am kind of nervous to talk about this. Not kind of. I'm very nervous to talk about this. I feel like people deem it as taboo, like sex, and we never talk about it out loud casually. But considering how common it is to feel this way, I don't think that it should be considered a taboo topic anymore. The niche of my show is the vulnerability aspect. I feel like I exploit my hardest, the hardest moments of my life, and it's very raw, and I don't sugarcoat it or make it more palatable because people don't talk about this shit enough, and getting help in America is just not that easy or accessible. Like, a psychiatrist evaluation is around $300, which is kind of bizarre, I talked about this with my therapist. I told her that I wanted to do an episode on this. She was a little worried at first. She was like, uh, she was nervous for me. And I was nervous for myself too, because I don't want to get monetized for, because this is obviously a very touchy subject. 
and I don't want to get canceled, but I don't think that that would happen. I mean, I feel like that's any content creator's biggest fear. And but she was worried at first when I mentioned that I was doing this. And then we discussed it. I told her about my main points and she gave me some pointers and made sure that I could do this in a helpful way and not a hurtful way and in a tasteful way. So after running my points by her, she went from uh to yes, I think you should do it to the complete opposite. She was very confident that I would be able to deliver this and validate people who have ever felt this way. But yes, this is a trigger warning. I do talk about suicidal thoughts and specific suicidal thoughts that I've had in a very passive way, but still can be triggering to people that have felt suicidal in the past. And if you are feeling suicidal at the moment, please don't continue this episode. Don't finish this episode and call the suicide hotline 988 and reach out for help. Thank you. But yeah, so I literally talk about sexual assault and my passive suicidal thoughts in the very first episode. (laughs) And that's why I changed my name. If you know me and are listening, you're like, oh, wow, she's trying to be cool. I mean, yes, Aspen is way cooler than my OG name, but this way I get to talk about what I've been doing and still have the privacy of it. Like, I can still tell my family members, maybe, and have them not be able to look me up. For now, you know? I don't want to have to be filtered by any means. Like, I'm like, oh my god, what if I talk want to talk about my, this family member? I want to talk about this friend, and I can't because they might be hurt they might be hurt or offended that I didn't talk about it in a way that they, you know what I mean? And it's it's not about them. It's about me helping people. And I want to be able to talk about my experiences with others and et cetera. So, so it's a way to leave it up, my privacy up to me. So like people can't listen to the show unless I give them the name. And it's been super helpful lately because they're like, what's the show? What's the show? What's the show? Because now they can't fucking look me up. So I've had the last person I dated, I told them about my podcast and they looked me up and listened to my first episode. And I was horrified because my first episode I just said. Anyway, it also defeats the purpose of this show trying to find the people that I want to want it to be able to find. I want it to be able to find the people that struggle mentally and understand the struggle and want to be better and want to feel validated. That is the main purpose of the show is to feel the validation that they might be looking for. So let's get into it. Around 27.4% of adults feel suicide at least once in their life, which I find of hard to believe or this shit hasn't been updated in a while because I feel like And this includes both passive and active, which I will discuss in a minute. I remember learning what suicide was when I was like probably as young as like six or seven, maybe. And I was just like, I was just mind. I remember, and I was just mind blown about how anybody could possibly even feel that way. That is so sad. And then now thinking about today makes me sad thinking about my six-year-old self. Like, yes, it's so crazy and scary and unimaginable, but you eventually feel that way. 
when you are in your 20s, <laughs> when you are in your early 20s. Like, yeah, I'm doing this episode. I That's the thought I had. And I was just like, Phew. I was just like, okay, well, that's crazy. And that's sad. <laughs> Makes me sad. And then in junior high, it was hard for me to fathom still. Well, I could fathom it, but it was hard. It was still super sad to me. I was just like, how could anyone feel that way? The only suicidal ideation that I had was the only suicide stories I heard in junior high was the bullying preventions. There was a dad that came and his son eventually took his own life because of bullying. And I remember that uh, presentation. So that dad now dedicates his life to sharing his son's stories and going to schools to talk about bullying prevention. And I remember feeling sick and like sick to my stomach all day just thinking about how somebody could get bullied so badly that they would want to end their life. It was still something that was hard to wrap my head around, for sure. And then in Glee, that one was also due to bullying, though. And, and, and it was a TV, uh, obviously, Glee. Uh, the, the bully, I think, Nick Mikowski or whatever. And that one was more visual, more visual because it showed him doing it. And that made me sick to my stomach, too. And I think that was either high school or junior high. Like, I couldn't ever imagine feeling that way myself of just not wanting to be here because I was young and, you know, haven't experienced the the hardships of life yet. (laughs) So I talked about, I talk a lot and address a lot about myself, even in the very first episode, which is Emotionally Unavailable Parents. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, highly recommend it. You give it a try because it's my most popular episode. Crazy enough, even though it's my very first one. But yeah, I thought it was just because I posted it first. But no, it's kind of like got. It's been getting a lot of heat lately. It's been getting a lot of views. I mean, a lot of listens lately. So, and then. I had to listen to it for myself because I got feedback from a friend and they were like saying all these great things about it. And I was just like, well, I want to listen to it now. I listened and I cried and it made me feel a lot of things. And I think I do a really good job at storytelling and just going through the emotions of like how I felt. Anyway, but two years ago, I took a break from school. I had to take a leave because my chronic fatigue got really bad, and I remember feeling sad and defeated for my chronic fatigue, which was persisting for like three or four years at the time, and I took a break from life. I did nothing for two, three months, then I was like, time to get back to work, and I was going to school for nutrition and dietetics, so I was like, okay, I should probably get a job. I needed to get a job as a dietary aide because I still wanted to pursue nutrition and dietetics at the time. And a dietary aide is basically the only position you can do it is you work at a nursing home and you just prepare their meals. It's really nothing to it. And so 
I was working there for like two weeks maybe and then I just grew really extremely depressed like crazy amount like I went from like just whatever to I was literally crying on my way to work so depressed for like a week I was just like crying on my way and then I eventually had to put in my two weeks but anyway I came home and I was just talking about my sadness to my oldest sister and I was like yeah I I started crying and I was just like I don't understand why that like bad things happen like why these things happen to me but I was just not doing well and I was just like I don't understand why I, I struggle so much health-wise why my health is so like and then I started to cry and I was just basically said for the first time in my life I was just like I just want to disappear like I don't want to live right now I said I don't want to be here I don't want to live right now and I started crying and crying and crying and then of course Lauren was super concerned and she listened to me as to why I was feeling this way and I slept in her room and then but I think that I was numb to my depression for a really long time that I was just dormant and at the nursing home like a very sad depressing setting being in that on a normal daily basis was the catalyst that brought my depression to the surface and I had to face it. When I first had the realization that I wanted to disappear, I didn't want to live anymore, it was probably the worst feeling I've ever had. And you know why? It's because the way you feel is that the only answer there is to it is to die. <laughs> like, what the fuck? That's so barbaric, and that's not at all what I want to do. I don't want to die, though. So realizing you have no choice but to simply endure this extreme sadness, pain, suffering, because you don't want to die. You don't want your parents or your sisters to ever have to mourn your death. There's so many people in your life that love you already and that would miss you and would think about you know it would just affect so many people just the fact that you have to endure the pain and live through the sadness feels highly overwhelming but yes if you ever felt like you wanted to disappear you wanted to go to bed and not wake up tomorrow if you just wish you should just give up and disappear and have your life end somehow, that is feeling suicidal. And I feel like people don't, which is why I am making this episode. And if you've ever felt, if your depression ever gets this bad, chances are you haven't told your friends because you don't think they understand. You probably haven't said anything to your parents because they'd probably freak out and some people are even scared to tell their therapists if they have one or any, you know, medical professional because they're scared that they might end up in a psych ward. And this is why I'm making this episode because I am, because I am telling you and to get help, talk to somebody. You might think that it's better to deal with it on your own. If you're passively suicidal, you're like, oh, I don't want to die. I don't, I'm not actually going to do it. I just feel this way. And the thing is, like, that can escalate. It can escalate really, really quickly. 
it can turn from passive to active in a mere amount of minutes. Something happens and it's just your breaking point and then suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem is what I saw online, which is oof, oof, right? (laughs) And so you don't ever want to make that mistake of, you know, traumatizing everybody in your life and causing them so much trauma because you reached a breaking point. So yes, I'm here to tell you, please seek help. Your friends might not understand you. Your parents might not not understand I think you should tell your therapist if you have one. Chances are you won't get admitted to a psych ward as long as you're feeling passively suicidal. But if you are feeling actively suicidal, um, just call the suicide hotline. Or if you're unsure, if you if you're confused, if you're if it's passive or active, do you have a plan in place? Yes. Do you have a plan? If you have a plan, then please seek help. Call the suicide hotline. It's 988. I think they changed it. Um, like uh, They now um, unlocked this. It's 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. It's available 24 hours. You can text, I think, and chat with somebody. But yes, don't listen to the rest of this, of this episode and call for help. I just have to lace these warnings because I am talking about something so delicate and triggering and voila. So if you don't have a therapist, you don't know where to go from now, you know what everybody does have? Everybody has a primary care physician. So make a, make an appointment with your primary care physician. You don't have to tell them what's going on you could just say i've been experiencing you know depression and i want to see if i can get put on a medication you don't even have to say that you can literally just say i have been experiencing some things that i want to talk about you literally don't have to tell the receptionist but when you get to your appointment tell your family doctor that you've been experiencing suicidal thoughts and they will help guide you maybe put you on they'll probably put you on a uh antidepressant for now and get you started with to see a psychiatrist and then once you're admitted into a psychiatry place they could also set you up with a therapist um so yeah don't forget that HIPAA exists your doctor isn't allowed to disclose any information to anybody in your life unless you let them if you are under eight if you are over over 18 I'm pretty sure. Actually, I should look into the under 18s too. Hmm. I'll look into that, Ashley. Editing Ashley, look into under 18. This is Editing Ashley. I'm pretty sure they will disclose that information to your parents that they're starting you on antidepressants and you're having suicidal feelings. I don't, I think, pretty sure that they have to let your parents know. That's what I found on the internet, at least. If you don't want anyone to know, but professionals, health professionals are literally here to help people. That's what why they do what they do. That's why they went to school. Um, I know it can be hard unleashing your suicidal thoughts to a stranger, but it's better than having it disrupt your life if you don't want it to. 
you don't want to tell anyone in your life. You don't have to. So yeah, I think that that is the easiest way to go about it. And I'm here to motivate you that if you are feeling, if you have been feeling suicidal and you are on a medication, then please make an appointment with whoever you're seeing, your psychiatrist or your doctor, and just be like, I need a new plan, new medicine, new something. I'll be happy to help you. And I am, and if you are at the point where you just don't have a therapist at all, and you're in square one, please please, please, please seek help. Call your primary care physician today. And if you want to get seen earlier, then you can tell them that you have been experiencing suicidal thoughts if you don't mind, (laughs) if you feel comfortable with doing that. But yes. Okay. My next point that I'm about to talk about is passive feeling passively suicidal versus actively suicidal. I feel like it's obvious given the word, but I didn't really know the distinction until I went to group therapy and was in a partial hospitalization program, where I never really thought about the difference between it. I was just, I was just like, oh yeah, you just don't want to live. La 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 la. (laughs) But I went to a bar last weekend and we were talking about, you know, suicidal thoughts. And I was just telling them, oh, yeah, passively suicidal. Like, you're like, oh, I don't want to die. I want to disappear, but I don't want to die. And he was like, he was like, oh, yeah, I felt that before. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's passively feeling passively suicidal. He goes, oh, his face lit up and he was like, that's exactly how you, I would describe that. I was like, yeah, it's that's why it's called that. It is called passive suicidal thoughts. I was like, that is the correct term. And he was like, oh my god, I've never heard that. That is exactly what I would call that. And I was like, because it's the correct term. <laughs> but again, so if you want to disappear, you want to sleep and not wake up, there's also different levels. There's also different levels and different severities to feeling passively suicidal. It could be like, uh, uh, I just want to evaporate. I say evaporate when I'm just feeling a little bit passively suicidal and then it's maybe oh i want to fall asleep and like not wake up and then maybe it's oh my god i wish a bus would just hit me when i cross the street (laughs) but accidentally (laughs) like the range of how strong you are feeling varies and fluctuates anyway But some people struggle in this phase for a long time and are just constantly feeling that way, that they just don't want to be here. And that's exhausting. It's an exhausting feeling to have and it can really take a toll on your mental health. It can really wear you down after being in that state for such a long time till you eventually give it all up. If you are in that passive suicidal phase for too long. But being actively suicidal means I think it's pretty clear. You've either attempted or you have a plan in place. And I am putting this topic on a public platform, so I'm really nervous. So here's my other warning. If you have a plan or have attempted or have harmed yourself, please call the suicide hotline, which is 988. 
God, I feel nauseous whenever I give a warning because I'm just so nervous. I think I'm just like, it's crazy. I'm realizing how common it is to feel passively suicidal. I think people are passively suicidal and they just don't know it. I see a lot of posts on Instagram that's like, I want to die, but I also don't want to kill myself. I'm too scared to do that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's called passive being passively suicidal. So, Or you're just, and you're pretty much depressed and you don't want to kill yourself. But that's just being depressed and you don't kill yourself because that means you still have somewhat of a will to live. So I don't know if that's encouraging to you. <laughs> okay. I have spent a lot of time on Reddit lately. I follow a lot of mental health pages, anxiety, depression, OCD, existentialism, just things that line up with what I talk about on my podcast. And... I do this to survey and take intel on how people are doing and, like, the main themes that I see so I can get ideas on what I should make my podcasts about. Because I'm still new, I don't have, oh, these episodes are really popular. So I use it as a way to research what I should center and focus my episodes on. It's actually so insane how many people are passively suicidal. And there's even more people who feel like they have felt like this for a while, who have felt suicidal for a long time, and they feel like they have no way out. And a lot of people are suffering silently. I said that in therapy, suffering silently. My therapist, I said, I feel like a lot of people are suffering silently. She was like, oh. Ooh, write that down, write that down. <laughs> oh my god, that would make a really great t-shirt. Hmm. So many people that have been depressed. There are many people that have been depressed consistently for over a decade that have felt depressed and maybe possibly, maybe possibly passively suicidal for that decade because they were like, will it ever get better? I felt this way for a decade over 10 years and it hasn't ever gotten better and that just makes me extremely sad and it makes me sad that it just makes me sad at the world that life could just be so unbearable for somebody where their depression is just a constant static of overbearingness for them and where their depression is their normal or their baseline and it's not like I saw one post like this. I've seen many posts like this. And I think it's the environment in which we live in. It's so unnatural. Yeah, it strays so far from the way that we were naturally supposed to inhabit the world. You know, people that live in cities, they see concrete every day. They call it the concrete jungle. We're supposed to be surrounded and embodied in nature every day. Um, yeah, I think it's very unnatural for this many people to be unhappy. We are so civilized and stuff, so we we don't go on walks every day. We don't forge our own food. And then in our free time, we overstimulate our minds by scrolling on our phones. And we sit around and overthink because all of our needs are met. 
We are fed. We have shelter. What else is there to do? <laughs> but sit and overthink and overanalyze. We don't, some of us don't even cook anymore, which is what we spent all day doing as animals. What do animals do all day? They look and forage for food and they sleep. Now we can just buy stuff and we can even buy stuff prepared already and just eat it. And then so we can go to our nine to five and uh, take care of our children and do this, do that, do that, blah, 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 blah. Not to mention, social media is filled with so many unnatural dopamine hits that makes doing anything productive so much harder, which makes depression even worse. When you are depressed and you don't want to get out of bed, maybe, and you go on your phone, that just makes getting out of bed even harder. Because the dopamine you get from, you know, watching a reel or something is way higher than getting out of bed and brushing your teeth and cooking yourself a meal. And the list goes on and on. We just live in an environment that just strays from... I'm getting so tired. That just strays so far from how we were supposed to inhabit the world naturally. And yes, yeah, so now we made a world that's really high, that's really unnatural and causes uh, somebody to become some, an environment that is more likely for somebody to be depressed. Yes. So it would be great if getting help was highly accessible and available for anybody who needs it. False. Getting help is not accessible in America. You can claim that it is as much as you want, but when you really, really see, really go out of your way to receive the help, the, the help that you want, um... Healthcare in general is just highly inaccessible, and unfortunately, mental health falls under health general healthcare, which is highly inaccessible. If you know how much an ambulance ride is here, then you get it. <laughs> A psych evaluation costs around two hundred to three hundred dollars. Hopefully, it's covered by your insurance. But if it's not, then I can see how it is very unappealing to get help, even when you need it. Not everybody has reliable health insurance, unfortunately. I think they make it so expensive, so that way you have, have to work full-time so you can contribute more to capitalism. It motivates people. Making healthcare so expensive and the only way that you can get health insurance benefits is if you work 40 hours a week. Isn't that ridiculous? I actually just came to this realization while drafting this episode. The only way you can get healthcare or insurance, or insurance is basically a way for it to make the insane prices of healthcare affordable, is basically what insurance is. It doesn't have to be priced that high. 
in like in the first place it doesn't have to be priced that high in the fucking first place so why oh i didn't drop the f-bomb this entire episode no i have to take that out in the first place it doesn't <laughs> let me also be here to say that on top of the 300 dollars 200 to 300 dollars evaluation therapy is 110 dollars a session for where i go but you know if i spend a certain amount that year on you know if i spend a certain amount on health care that year then oh my god i reach a deductible where i get to spend a reasonable amount on therapy which it should already be in the first place i get charged only 20 percent of that 110 dollars lovely which only makes it 25 dollars because you know everything is a business here my therapist could literally start her own practice and charge 20 to 40 dollars for a session and she'd make a decent salary but you know she can't do that because america doesn't work like that i don't understand i don't understand i don't understand i don't understand why therapy is so expensive i don't get it and this is why i am doing what i'm doing i want to make health care more accessible in america in general i only can shit on america because i am american and I just am here to raise more awareness for folks that do struggle mentally. I want you guys to feel seen. I want you guys to feel heard. And I want us to get also get the help that we deserve. So please tell anybody about my show if you enjoy it. Because this is my life. This has been my life for the past four months now. And if I want to continue to do this, then I need to keep growing so that I can make some money so I can keep doing it because this is the way the world works. I need money to be able to live and to be able to spend all of my time doing this. And I love doing this. I love, I want to help people. And once I can build a platform for myself, through this podcast, I am able to do so much more. So much more. So, yes. This took forever to record. It took so long because I took so many goddamn breaks. I have a stomach bomb now. And whenever I have a stomach bomb, I become really tired and fatigued. So this is my cue to go. Ugh. I should probably take a Tums and lay down now. <sighs> anyway, if you enjoy my show, please share it with anybody that you think would enjoy it. Even if you don't think they would enjoy it, why not? Share it with your friends, family, someone you know that's struggling. Because I honestly have... I honestly love doing this. I love using my exercising my brain and coming up with content for you guys. I think that what I have to say and a little different compared to other mental health podcasts that might exist. I would also appreciate it if you guys gave me a rating on whatever platform that you're listening on. Thank you so much for listening to Can I Just Say Something with me, Aspen. Happy New Year, guys.
tomorrow's New Year's Eve. Everybody be safe. And, you know, let's just send good vibes into the new year. Um, I'm sending energy to any of you guys that, you know, had a really hard year. Um, I'm radiating positive energy for you that this year is your year. And if you are in a relationship and it's been in the skinny love period, you want to go into the new year with, you know, something that is reliable. So break up with them. Anyways, be safe. I love you guys. See you next week.